Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Hi, and welcome to Women on the Line, Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Program. Produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Amy Middleton. Amy Middleton here, and thanks for joining us for another week of Women on the Line. Over the past 12 months, a spate of high-profile sexual assaults in Australia have led to public outcry, particularly regarding a woman's right to exist in public spaces, including parks and streets, without the fear of being attacked. All too often, the takeaway advice following attacks on women such as 17-year-old Marja Vukotic, who was killed in a suburban park in Melbourne last month, ends up being a stern reminder to women that we aren't safe in places alone and after dark. But at what point do we look at the culture that teaches perpetrators this sense of entitlement that can lead to horrific incidents? Today we're talking about another space in which women's safety and comfort is at times threatened, and that's the music scene. Live music gigs, festivals and nightclubs are a huge part of Australian culture, and yet stories regularly emerge detailing harassment and intimidation. A recent report of a man ejaculating on a woman's back during a show at St Kilda Festival is another example. Izzy Combs, a 21-year-old music journalist, has had enough. She's credited with launching a campaign that runs off the hashtag Free to Move and speaks out against sexual harassment and intimidation in clubs, mosh pits and music venues. Izzy has worked in nightclubs in Sydney since she was 18, so she's no stranger to the negative aspects of the music scene. She wrote an article for music publication Stony Road, which details her own experiences with harassment and calls for Australia to step up, firstly by talking about this issue and then by finding a way to address it. I spoke with Sydney-based Izzy Combs about the campaign and her involvement and where the responsibility lies for this culture of intimidation. And just a trigger warning for this episode of Women on the Line, as we'll be dealing with stories around sexual harassment and assault. Women on the Line. Thanks for being on Women on the Line, Izzy. No problem. Good Um, to be here. (laughs) To start off with, I thought maybe you could give us a bit of background on uh, hashtag free to move. Tell us what the message is behind it and how it came about. Great. So free to move was basically born out of a sudden burst of confidence that I got last week um, when I read a global article um, on Mixmag, which is a UK music outlet about sexual harassment. I thought it was really brave of them to take it on, especially because I think a lot of the music blogs are unfortunately kind of geared towards males. Maybe not unfortunately, fortunately. (laughs) Um, Geared towards males. So I thought it was kind of brave for them to write something about uh, sexual harassment and assault culture in the music scene. Um, So my editor at Sony Road sent it to me and I thought that it would be a really good idea 
to take it on and write something about it in Australian context. I've worked in nightclubs for a couple of years now and I've seen and experienced my share of bullshit. (laughs) And I just thought it was time to talk about it and kind of open up the conversation, although I did not expect it to get the response that it got. I thought that it would get 100 likes. Because it pretty much went viral, didn't it? Yeah, which is... A weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. You're right. Um, and how did that happen? Was that mostly on social media or did lots of people share it around their networks? Yeah, it was kind of bizarre because we posted it at 2 o'clock last Thursday um, and I think it got like a 1,000 likes by the time I'd gotten home from the pub that night. Amazing. Um, which was pretty bizarre and that was just from people reading and sharing um, we put it on the Stony Roads Facebook page and then it just started to kick off. Um, then I got a message from Twitter, on sorry, on Twitter, from a journalist from news.com.au um, and he said that he wanted to interview me and at first I thought that it was just a student journalist and I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> um, I didn't realise that he was, yeah, from News Corp. So I had the phone interview with him the next day and then he put it on the front page of news.com.au, which was it's um, great like exp- absolutely huge. Yeah, yeah, that's great exposure. And what do you think, the, what's the reason that it resonates with so many people? I think everybody's had an experience. Yeah. And that's the scary thing about it. Everybody has either seen or experienced some kind of harassment or assault. Um, I know that journalist in particular had been chatting with his girlfriend who'd been very affected, I think, um, and was also very passionate about it. And what have your experiences been if um, they're not too traumatic to go into? Yeah, of course. I mean, luckily, I think enough time has passed and I've been able to gain perspective from my bad experiences now. Um, but I have had, had, a, had a few. Um, I think being a woman who often... Um, is in the nightclub culture and, like, very, very big in the music scene. Um, I've definitely run into my unfortunate cases. The fun, the one that I mentioned in the article is about me. Uh, two weeks, because two weeks after I turned 18, I started working in King's Cross. Mm. Um, and a couple of weeks in, I was a cocktail waitress in a nightclub. I don't think they do that anymore, but a couple of years ago, it was a big thing. Um, and... Yeah, I was walking on the floor and it was a busy Friday night and some guy just grabbed me and felt entitled enough to just put his hand into my work trousers. And, uh, yeah, it was horrible. It was really, really scary. And at the time, I didn't feel like I had the power to say or do anything. And I know that people around the club must have seen as well, Mm. which also makes me really upset. Like, they would have been witnesses to this event. Um, I soon found out that uh, it had happened to quite a lot of girls that I worked with at the club and they'd also seen it happening to patrons. And I later found out as well that we had a zero-tolerance policy at the club. I probably could have told someone and there would have been ramifications for the guy who did it, but obviously just so petrified at the time, especially because he threatened me, um, yeah, that I just felt completely powerless 
And I think we see that all too often, and that's why people don't report their events, uh, their unfortunate events, because they feel powerless to it. And that's a mix of horrible people doing the crime and also just the culture, I think. Yeah, you talked a little bit, you mentioned entitlement during that um, anecdote, and thanks for sharing that with us. Um, where do you think the responsibility lies with um, attacks like this? Because all too often we're told by the media and um, the authorities around these attacks that it's um, a woman's fault for putting herself in an, um, in a vulnerable position. Um, do you think it's a more broad sort of um, societal issue? or? Oh, of course. I mean, to begin with, it's always the responsibility of the perpetrator. Like, it's always the perpetrator's fault and it's never the victim. Um, which I'm sure I don't it kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that fear um, that it will be blamed on them, and especially I think I've been kind of waiting for people to start attacking my character. You know, to say, well, why were you working in King's Cross when you were 18? Why were you out at these festivals wearing short shorts? Right. We're so. Um, kind of involved in that victim-blaming culture. Yeah. And I think I think that people are starting to see through it now. I think we're having enough media and enough chat going around that people are like, yeah, it really doesn't matter. You know, you could be insulted, in, assaulted, sorry, or harassed in any space. Yeah. Um, wearing whatever. It no longer matters. Um, I mean, it's never mattered. Yep. But we're no longer kind of shifting the blame that way. And I'm also sorry. it's completely <laughs> your prerogative to work in a nightclub at 18 years old. I mean, uh, it's probably a good time to ask what attracted you to the nightclub scene and, and what um, music venues mean to you personally. Mm-hmm. So what attracted me to the nightclub scene? I was actually working in retail. Um, I moved out of home quite young because my parents decided to kind of retire early and move to the mountains and I knew I wasn't going with them. Yeah. Um, so from about 17, I was working in retail and I absolutely hated it. Um, and I knew that I wanted to work somewhere fun. I wanted to be a bartender. I thought it was really cool. Um, <laughs> that was <laughs> my main reason, just I thought it was super cool <laughs> and I wanted kudos with my friends. Well, and the um, music scene's a huge part of Australian culture for all all sorts of youth um, yeah, and well definitely. into adulthood as well. And people, yeah, I think people are getting involved quite young, which is actually amazing. You know, some of the best producers on the scene right now are 18, 19, 20. It's kind of scary. Yeah, it's awesome, um, yeah. We, yeah, but in Australia, I think we've got so much youth in the music scene, which is amazing and invigorates it. Um, and, yeah, I'm really passionate about it. And it's just really distressing when you have to, you know, talk about these things and see that there are young people hurting young people and older people taking advantage and mm. older people being hurt. And it's just, like, it's so wonderful and diverse and enriching apart from in this element of harassment that we unfortunately really have going. Yeah. Um, and in your article, you quoted some pretty horrible statistics about sexual assault in Australia. How bad is the reality and how much does it cluster around events like the music scene? I think the 
it's hard to know exactly. I, I was very like wary of saying this is how many people are being assaulted in the music scene or harassed. Mm. Um, I unfortunately, even though I really looked, couldn't even find any statistics on harassment in in the music scene and in the clubbing culture. And trust me, I had a really good dig, which I think is kind of unfortunate and I think makes people feel that they've been forgotten. I certainly felt like I had been forgotten when I couldn't even find crime statistics about an area that I know has a lot of crime in it. Mm. I could find a whole bunch of drug statistics and drugs that we're taking and drug crime rates. And I could find a whole lot of physical abuse, like boys getting in fights rates in those kind of scenes. Sorry, it's not boys, not just boys. (laughs) Um, But I couldn't find any particular statistics on harassment in the scene, which just made me think that this is something that no one's even thinking about. But I definitely thought it was very important to involve the statistics from the wider society just because it's going to be indicative of the problem. And I think people don't understand how big the issue is in in society in its entirety. Um, I think something that really resonated with me is uh, not just obviously the one in five women are harassed or assaulted in their lifetime, which is pretty disgraceful. Um, But the very low number of people who are reporting these harassments um, or assaults, and I think that that's even more likely to happen um, with young people. We're even less likely to report. You know, we just got to... We're just told to be cool and chill out and not ruin everyone's night. Mm. Um, And I think that that's really distressing um also a statistic that I mentioned in the article that really resonated with me was I think that the highest the group who has the highest number of assaults perpetrated against them are women under 20 right um obviously I pretty much fall into that bracket um and definitely did when I was assaulted and that just made me really upset because I do think that we really forget about young women, especially when we blame them so often Mm. for putting themselves in these circumstances. If you've just joined us, I'm interviewing Izzy Combs, a 21-year-old music journalist based in Sydney, who's recently written an article for Stony Road uh, about her experiences with harassment and sexual assault in the music scene. She's kicking off a campaign called Free to Move, uh, which calls for Australians to step up and pay attention to this issue, which is a really widespread one. And once again, a trigger warning for this episode of Women on the Line, as it contains stories of sexual harassment and assault. Women's on the line. (laughs) Women on the line. Women on the line. Izzy, how would you describe the impact um, that a negative incident like uh, sexual harassment or assault can have on a young woman? I felt awful and I had to serve the guy for the rest of the night, um, which was pretty uh, distressing for me. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I think it has a terrible effect on young women and I know that a lot of people have contacted me since the article has gone out saying... I just don't go out anymore. Really? Like, I just don't participate. 
Um, and that's been extremely upsetting to read. Um, but I know that it's gone through my head too. Sometimes it definitely seems easier to not participate if you know what's going to happen. It's, it's expected now. It's not something that might happen to you. Like if you go to a club or a festival, a lot of the time you will be vulnerable to harassment, you know, whether that be like groping or yelling or anything. It's, mm. it's expected and that's really distressing. Um, so, yeah, I think it has innumerable uh, consequences for young women, whether it be not participating, whether it be just generally being afraid um, well, and also yeah. trauma, um, which is yeah, a hugely negative um, result of any kind of harassment or, or assault. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any idea how this issue plays out overseas, like in the US or the UK? I am not entirely sure. I, I don't know if I can quite properly comment. All I know is what I've read. Um do they have much attention on this issue overseas or is so there a similar there is, campaign? Yeah, so in the UK there is a campaign. There are a couple of campaigns in the UK. I'm not quite so sure about the States. Um, but in the UK there is a campaign called Good Night Out, um, which is implemented in a lot of the spaces similar to the ones that I enjoy over here in uh, in Australia, like the kind of techno... Um, grungy, like, quote-unquote, underground spaces. Mm. Um, and this campaign really kind of engages with those kind of clubs as okay. well as more commercial clubs, which I think is really important. Yeah. And they basically set up a package and uh, send it out to all the nightclubs that they're involved with. And it teaches staff and security how to deal with harassment in venues. Okay. So, yeah, you mentioned education for um, nightclub security and staff. Is that one of the initiatives you'd like to see rolled out? And what's the answer here? I think it's really hard to know what the answer is, um, but I definitely do think that conversation is uh, the first step. Yeah. Um, the What we're working on for the next instalment, hopefully we've kind of got people chatting and asking other people in their life, whether it be uh, girlfriends or just um, female friends or anyone who might be vulnerable per se and what their experiences are or even just reading the article and kind of realising that this is unfortunately a universal experience. I think that that discussion is really important. Um, But the next thing we're doing and what I'm hoping to have go live uh, today or this week Um, is a discussion with nightclubs um, about what their measures are exactly um, in venue to target harassment perpetrators. Um, So, yeah, I must have emailed about 30 or 40 clubs all over Australia and made a whole bunch of phone calls, um, also talking to uh, party organisers, and at some point we'll be talking to festivals, but for now I'm just focusing on bars and clubs, trying to take it one step at a time. Yeah. Um, so I basically want to do that and want to get their response for a few reasons. And I think the first is to obviously make it public if they do respond um, and so 
say something really positive, which I have received some amazingly positive responses thus far. Right. Um, so to kind of publicise that and let people know that when they are in that venue, they can report it to staff. It is a zero-tolerance venue. Yeah. Um, antisocial behaviour or harassment behaviour will not be accepted in any form of that venue. And this is what you can do in that venue if something is happening to you or a maid. Um, and the second reason I wanted to do that was even if a bar or club that I contacted didn't have something in place, ideally a bit of media interest would get them discussing that in their bar and maybe going to their staff members and saying, do you guys know what to do? Yeah. And kind of getting a bit of responsibility on them, not saying it's all their responsibility, but opening up the conversation within their space and recognising that they have power as venues mm. um, to stop harassment. And I think something that's been positive that has really come out of this that quite a few venues have said is we understand that if people don't have fun in our venue or if they don't feel safe in our venue, they're simply not going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. So it is in their commercial reality. interests to pay attention mm. to this issue. For sure. And you talked about it, a responsibility. Do you see that it's a shared responsibility that we all have to address this issue and make sure something's done about it? A hundred percent. It's a shared responsibility. Um, I wanted to make it clear in my article that I wasn't just appealing to men. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to just say, hey, guys, you know, defend your girls. It's definitely not about that. Um, we all have the power to do something if we see something going down, whether that be venues, whether that be a group of girlfriends, you know, just anyone for anyone. Um, I know that if a perpetrator would say stuff against me and a big group of my girlfriends, man, he'd be in trouble. <laughs> so I think, yeah, we all have the power to do something and you don't have to have a male jump in or defend you. You don't have to have a security guard yeah. jump in. You can, you know, help on behalf of another woman, on behalf of another man. Um, if we all look out for each other, yeah, it'll just be such a better environment for everyone. That's good. So have you spoken to your male friends about this? If so, have, what are some of their reactions? I've spoken to a whole bunch of male friends. Um, the, the boys who actually run Stony Road, it's actually two guys who run Stony Road. Yep. Um, and they were the ones who initially asked me to write the article. Um, and they were definitely sick of seeing it happen or hearing about it happening with uh, their friends, girlfriends, um, and other members of the writing team. Um, so that's been really positive for them, and I'm so glad that they care about this issue. Yeah. Um, and then with other guy friends, some of them are just surprised and sad um, that we would have to deal with this. Some of them have had experiences of their own. Um, it's obviously unacceptable to go and uh, touch or harass a guy in the same way it is to go and touch or harass a girl. Right. And I think that patriarchal culture um, and misogynistic culture kind of says to guys that they have to be grateful or excited if a guy if a girl comes up and a guy or girl comes up and touches them or starts becoming sexual with them in a club um i think they think that yeah it's part of the culture that kind of dictates that that has to be a good thing for them Mm. which it might not always be 
Um, and that's just another way that misogyny gets us all. And it um, is important to remember it's not just women that are targeted in these instances. Definitely not just women. I've had a bunch of guys tell me about instances where they have had girls just come and touch their penis um, in the club or do something like that in the club, which obviously is just as unacceptable and definitely still is class as harassment, mm. even though it's probably a lot less likely to happen. Yeah. Um, but definitely still completely unacceptable. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, I've had all positive comments from my guy friends and from most people who've received the message of the campaign. Yeah, I guess we all just want to look out for each other and um, something like the music scene, it's horrible to think that people wouldn't engage with that culture out of fear of being harassed. Um, so where to from here? Where can people find out more about this campaign and how can they help out? So we have a Facebook page. Um, we're kind of doing everything on a shoestring at the moment because this has really just blown up quite fast. Yeah. Um, but any support for the cause is really appreciated. The Facebook is just free to move. If you search free to move on Facebook, you can like it. Um, and if you stay tuned to Stony Roads, you'll see everything coming through as we push it out, all the next instalments of the campaign. Um, ideally, what, what I would like to see anyway, what my vision is, is to have a free to move sticker in the doorway of every nightclub in Australia, every nightclub and every music event, so that when you know you're in that nightclub, it's a zero tolerance place and you are safe to be there and you can report. So that will be coming along soon. And if anybody wants to contact me with a place uh, that they think they would like to have that sticker up, um, yeah, we're excited to kind of get that rolling out. Um, awesome. So yeah. Sounds like a great goal. All right, Izzy, good work. And thanks so much for coming on Women on the Line. Thanks, Amy. That was Izzy Combs from Stony Road Magazine. And if you want to find out more about this campaign, just hit up Twitter and search the hashtag free to move. Thanks for joining us. Women on the Line is Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Program. It's produced and presented by a range of women at 3CR Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by La Tigra. Women on the Line can be downloaded from our website, womenontheline.org.au, or download the podcast at 3cr.org.au slash podcast. I'm Amy Middleton. Tune in next time for another edition of Women on the Line. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.